Hi. What's going on? I am, uh, I just, hold on one second. I'm adjusting my volume. Um, I'm in a whole other room today. I thought I would shake it up. Yeah, yeah. It's a new background. Yeah, it's pretty bright. So, like, I'm sorry if if I move my head and it looks like Close Encounters is happening. No, it's in your, good. In your, your hair camera. looks fucking cool, man. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I, I was like, fuck it. Let's just cut it all off. And now I look like Drew Wall. Uh, but a much better person than Drew Wall. Let's yeah, I think so. I, I, I honestly feel like like that's true. Uh, uh, we have a new president. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so weird. This is like our first episode with a brand new president. And yes. And vice president. I, I And and a new first lady, Michael. Oh, thank you. <laughs> like, it's so weird. Like, I don't even feel the need to refer a new like I don't even like the next day or that day it seemed like all of the bile and hatred that I had towards the first family well that's what we call them right um just kind of like left I mean don't get me wrong I hate them but like I didn't feel this like need to express it quite so vehemently yeah i mean it's i mean it's only been a few days Mm -hmm. but the just i don't know just like knowing they're gone and seeing that just like the sad fucking way they had to kind of scuttle out of town right like cowards and i yeah it, it was i don't know it was i don't know like when Biden won the election, you know, people like we danced in the streets and whatnot. But my God, watching the thing on Tuesday, I, I was just kind of reminded of like how horrific. Yeah. <laughs> the last four years have been. Yeah. And to kind of at least be able to let some of that go. Yeah. There were, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I think I wept through the whole thing for many reasons, but like there were little moments throughout the ceremony that just hit different as the kids say, as the kids say, um, and, you know, just meaningful and beautiful and poignant and just kind of like, wow, this would never have happened. Like, no, I, I mean, and I know you got, we were texting. I mean, there was like a whole group of us texting during it. Um, I mean, and Aspen made sure she could work from home that day just yeah. so she could watch. I'm sure a lot of people did that. But I mean, I know you said even it was just like a huge deal that maybe not everyone fully appreciates to even hear Spanish spoken. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it was a huge deal. It, it was huge. And I was not expecting it. And I was I was texting with another group of friends who shall remain nameless, um, and they were kind of really petty about it. They were really, really, and yeah, like not necessarily about the Spanish, but about the fact that it was J Lo, and they immediately like started to kind of like criticize her and tear her apart for her singing, for you know, how she was dressed or whatever. She and looked badass. She looked banging. Like, and I, I don't know anything about fashion, but I know that lady's fucking hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was like head to toe Chanel dressed in white, which is, you know, a callback to the 
suffragist movement. And also, you know, when Kamala received the nomination, she was dressed in a very similar outfit, mm-hmm. like what Jayla was wearing at the inauguration. Um, and also, I just have to say, like, I just have to say, when you are a, a Latina woman in this country, right? Uh, you have to walk around like you own the goddamn place mm-hmm. or you get you get run over. Like people will make sure and let you know that you need to stay in your place unless you walk into a room and say, I am here. I own it. This is me. And, you know, for for a, for a little brown girl from the Bronx to walk up on stage in D.C. wearing head to toe Chanel. Mm hmm. And then to speak Spanish during the inauguration means a whole hell of a fucking lot. Yeah, I mean, I I was moved by it and and I'm sure not can't fully appreciate what you experienced. But I was like, we've just spent four years, uh, even more than that, five, if you go back to the the campaign in Mm -hmm. the 2016 campaign of a guy who has fucking demonized um, specifically Mexicans, but mm-hmm. but essentially anyone who is traditionally who would traditionally be a Spanish speaker, right? Um, whether that's from Mexico, Puerto Rico, the DR, South America, um, right? Where you know Spanish is spoken all over. He's made a point of that, so that's right. Huge, yeah. And it's like you know, she. It's funny that people don't think that these these ceremonies are curated to within an inch of their lives. Absolutely. It is very, very, very purposeful that she is the one who sang, this land is your land, this land is my land. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you could you could see it in her face when she when she sang specifically the words, this land is my land, and it was a close-up on her face, you could see her like, you know, tear up. Yeah. Um I mean, I, I, you know, I don't want to speak to the group of people you were texting with, but I mean, I, I do know, I think there are a lot of people and I'm not, not just attacking the youngs, um, but who I kind of am, uh, who have <laughs> only known her as JLo, right? This right. Sort of mega, super wealthy star. Dude, she was a dancer on In Living Color. She was a fly girl. She, she was, was a, in the... She yeah. was a, in the background. She started in the background. And of that show, who from that show, who else from that show other than like Jim Carrey or I mean, Jamie Foxx, too. Right. But it's like she's one of the people from that show that was not even a principal performer. Yeah. I mean, those guys has, were stars of that show. Yeah. He was a and dancer. She, she has reached a level of celebrity and stardom and that is un unthinkable yeah and and uh, it was harder for her absolutely i mean and even i i I, you know my first huge role that i remember her in is selena but it i don't think it was even like overnight after that that she became i mean it took no it took a while a while and like yeah i thought she kicked ass um i I thought i I don't know just everything about it they all did they all did and you know i I have a, a one of our our really good friends um, who is uh, half Pakistani, half Indian. My friend Shai. Um, she said her father, who was born in Pakistan, 
just started weeping when Kamala Harris got sworn in um, yeah. because he never thought he would see anyone remotely connected to his heritage um, yeah. come close to, to reaching the levels she reached. Right. I knew like when when I when I read that so Sonia Sotomayor, Justice Sotomayor was going to swear in Kamala Harris, I got I'm not kidding you. Like I got weak need like it hadn't even happened. And I was already like getting very emotional about it. And then just to see Sonia Sotomayor swearing in Kamala Harris, just like I was like, I never thought I right. never thought years. I would see that happen. Right. And and and, you know, for the last four years, it seemed like even the slightest bit of hope of anything like that had been completely shot, you know. And then at the same time, uh, fucking Garth Brooks was there. Right. The the ultimate sort of southern country white dude star. Right. And it was perfect that he came out in jeans and his cowboy hat. Absolutely. And it's like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, if you guys don't think that this entire ceremony has been curated to within an inch of his life to absolutely include everybody that can be included, the Pledge of Allegiance being signed, um, the fact that, and J-Lo Spanish was ad-libbed and it was the first four lines of the Pledge of Allegiance in Spanish. It was very moving. Yeah, and then you had, I mean, Gaga, who is obviously a huge star as well, but also is very popular. She's uh, Mother Monster. She's the Mother Monster. Yes. Um, and then you had that poet who's 22 and apparently the smartest human on the planet just knocked Man. it out of the fucking park. She was incredible. And then, 22. You know, I know. And because I love, you know, I love fashion, Michael. I was like looking up everybody's clothes and, you know, what they were wearing and stuff like that. And I, I had clocked that she was wearing a, a very particular ring. It was like a very just eye-catching ring and I looked it up and it was a gift from Oprah Winfrey to her wow and it is a caged bird oh man that's lovely and because you know when Obama was sworn in my Angelou right you know spoke and uh That was just like another thing. It was just like, oh, my God. Yeah, I, I, you know, and look, I know people, I know I'm an incredibly cynical person, so I'm not, I know a lot of other incredibly cynical people. Like, it's not like everything's perfect now. Me too. Right. And I know not everything is perfect. Of course not. Um, We still have a long way to go on a lot of things and a lot of shit's never going to, might never get fixed. But for like at least a day or two, it felt like there was some hope again. Can we feel joy? Yeah. Can we just feel joy? Like to just be able to, you know, to to open the internet. I was going to say open the newspaper, but like open the internet mm-hmm. and and know that the people who are running the country are at least decent human beings. Yeah. And and are literate. Right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, and that last night I was watching I had I have not watched a press briefing, a White House press briefing in four years, Michael. I haven't. No, like, me neither. I because I couldn't. How could you? Yeah. I it was just like ever I mean I couldn't. And last night I was like, I'm gonna watch it. Mm-hmm. And you could even see like Dr. Fauci, <laughs> he looked like 
that that old man is reborn. That old man is reborn. And he had a sense of humor and yeah. everything. And I was like, oh, wow, this is what this is what uh, a, a sane press briefing looks like. I, and, and I was Aspen and I watched it, too. Um, and, you know, it was funny because we even said like five, six, seven years ago, I, I never really made a point even when Obama was president, you know, and I was like, I don't need to watch all these press conferences. I'm right. going to find out. But it had been so long since mm-hmm. we had any moment of sanity. Even the fact that when she didn't know something. Right. Say, I don't have an answer. I will find out and get back to you. Right. Great. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that at the beginning, she was like, this is how it's going to go down. I'm going to talk and then I will hand it over to this person and then you will have questions and, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I'm like, wow, transparency. Yes. And I, <laughs> yeah, it's just been, I mean, it, it was just a huge, I don't know. To, I, uh, it's a sigh of relief as it doesn't do it justice. It, it, I mean, it really did feel like a, a sea change, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still, still, obviously it's only a couple days later. It's just, it's unreal just to not have, I, I mean, it was like, man, again, I, I'm not, no one would ever be like, confuse me with the greatest Joe Biden supporter in the world, you know? <laughs> right. Um, but I was like, Hey man, look at that speech. He didn't make fun of anybody. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like he didn't say that he was a winner. <laughs> he didn't say that he was better than everybody else. He didn't talk about fucking TV ratings like that. Right. I mean, God damn. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know how long it'll take, uh, to fully come to terms with what that fucker uh did to it's like the country is going through is going to go through like ptsd yeah like seriously and then oh my god uh when dr biden dr biden addressed uh, she gave a little speech uh, and and the first thing she did after the well it was the day of the inauguration because she was wearing that amazing teal outfit uh they must have like grabbed her right afterwards but she the first thing she did was address the nation thanking the first responders and everybody else who had safely made the ceremony happen. Like that was the first thing she did. Right. Uh, And thanking teachers and thanking first responders and thanking, you know, doctors and nurses and everybody who safely made the inauguration what it was. And I was like, wow, man, that's what a first lady does. Like that's, you have this incredible plot. And then, of course, people, you know, are <clears throat> like, why are you hating again? Why are you hating on Melania Trump? And I'm like, it's like you haven't lived in the past in this country, in the world for the past four years. Yeah. If you have to ask me that question. Yeah. Because, I- OK, whatever. Fine. She I do not accept that she is without blame. But if no. that's what you want to think, that's <clears throat> fine. The thing is, is that. She had the opportunity. She had the she had an amazing platform as first lady to be better than her husband. Mm-hmm. And she not only squandered it, she 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 ignored it. Yeah. And, and yeah, this lady was a birther. Fuck her, man. I, yeah. Fuck her. Fuck the children. 
I, no, I, I never, I mean, I know you and I and a lot of other people, but never bought into this. She's a, a, a hostage or a victim or a what? Victim. No, 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 Fuck. I don't buy it. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, it's, it's, I mean, I even, you know, we, we watched the, the like prime time fucking Bon Jovi was out there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my my uh, my uh, uh, oldest sister, who's like in her early 70s, she messaged me and she's like, John Bon Jovi's still hot. (laughs) I mean, it was it was it was great. I I, yeah, I mean, it was I just felt this like shared moment of right actual joy. And like Katy Perry, like I didn't, and I'm not a huge Katy Perry fan. Yeah, nothing against her. It's just, no, she's, I mean, but like with her, and this was another point that, you know, cause we got on this whole conversation about the clothes and some people were like, why are they talking about the clothes? And I'm like, why can we not? I mean, it feels nice to be able to talk about the clothes without it being an offensive. I don't care. Do you? message right like (laughs) michelle obama came out in that and what people don't understand is that so michelle obama kamala and hillary all wore shades of purple Mm -hmm. and purple is uh has been traditionally a symbol of bipartisanship uh or being bipartisan because it's it's like because it's blue and red so they they it's like yeah it's like saying i am ready to mm-hmm. work together. I am now I am neither Dem- Democrat. I am neither Republican. I am all of us. Uh, so that that's important. Also, Michelle Obama looked fucking amazing. Like, yeah. why can't we talk about how amazing she looked? Also, she was wearing an outfit by a black designer who everybody is talking about now. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I don't. You know, Kamala Harris was wearing a suit that was tailored by a Mexican-American young man who is from the Rio Grande Valley, who works in New York now. Right. Like all of these things say something. Yeah. I mean, even my man, Bernie, the woman who designed the women who designed his mittens now can't keep up with. Right. All the orders. Like, right. Like she is a, a, a teacher in Vermont who who makes stuff out of sustainable materials. Everything you they know their platform. Yeah. They know that what they wear is important because right. they have an opportunity to lift up somebody who needs lifting up. Yeah, I, I know it's um. I think, yeah, I mean, I know you've posted a lot about it this week, but I think people, people who write that off as, as, oh, you're just talking about what ladies wear. It's like, there's actually some really deep meaning in this. And if we right. were to look at it, I always talk about it as like, if we were to look at this as a performance, which it is in very much totally formative, then you look at it as costume design right? and everything. No one gets mad when we talk about costume design um, right. because we know it, a really talented designer uh, is going to say something with every choice they make. Right. That's what's happening here. Exactly. Um, it, exactly. It, it, and and the fact that they wore clothes made by American designers made in the United States, it says <laughs> a lot, you know, whereas the former third lady, uh, <laughs> like everything she wore was, you know, 
European. And I mean, there were times when she would come out and her purse, like the handbag she was carrying cost as much as my annual income. Sure. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, she, you're, she's wearing those Chanel boots or whatever right. that cost as much as, as, you know, or cost more than a single working mom. Right. But let's talk about how they're, they're regular folks. Right. And, exactly. And, and voice of the people. Yeah. I mean, it's why Michelle Obama during her tenure, like when she would make public appearances, you would often see her in clothes from Banana Republic or from The Gap. Some like so, normal human clothes. Normal human clothes. Right. And I mean, you know, come on, that woman's born to wear high fashion. Yeah, she's perfect. If uh, if I were five foot eleven, and <laughs> you know, right, right, she is. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so that's it. We have a new president. It's 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 a new it's a new day. It's a new day. So yeah, I was gonna. I was just gonna say, like Katy Perry. I was just gonna say. Oh yeah, I got right. off track, but like she was wearing this amazing like white outfit in the center of all of these white monuments in Washington, D.C. I'm like, that is super purposeful. That was on purpose. She's standing in front of the Lincoln Memorial with the Washington Memorial behind her. And she looks like a monument herself so that the whole evening looks like all of Washington, including the monuments, are celebrating. Yeah, it was, this it, was new so well, it was incredible. It was so well done. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, we're gonna, I start school on Tuesday, uh, which is crazy because it feels like a year. And I mean, we're gonna talk about in my theater history class, uh, you know, the performative and ritual performative aspects of the inauguration. Like that's what yeah. I'm gonna start with. That's um, great. And yeah, it was, it was, I don't know. It was fucking awesome. It's the first time. I don't know. Like even today I was like, Oh, we're, even the, I was like, I even, even the mood of tat will have changed. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. Absolutely. Even though so, we're still in a fucking pandemic. <laughs> right. So we want to talk about, sorry, y'all, we're not going to talk about horror today. I mean, yeah, we're not, we're just no. not because I mean, a, it'll come up probably. It'll come up probably, but like a few times during the pandemic, we just kind of like veered off the rails and talked about other <laughs> things. And we were talking about things that were keeping us going mm-hmm. during this time. And one of the things that I just want to start it again, I'm, I'm going to start it again, like season from season one, uh, because it just, sparked joy in uh-huh. me was Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai, y'all. And Cobra I, yeah, Kai. I know I had told you about it. I don't want to be the person that constantly goes like, I said it, but I'm sorry, y'all. I did say it like back when Cobra Kai was on YouTube. Yeah. I was like, everybody has to watch Cobra Kai. And then it just kind of went away because I guess they didn't have funding or whatever. Yeah, Although, I think there's, like, people hadn't really bought into the whole YouTube Right. In that form yet. Right. Like but YouTube then it got picked television. up. Yeah. yeah. And it picked up, it got picked up by Netflix and Billy Zabka and Ralph Macchio. It really is them that brought this to life. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you were in on the beginning. I was very late to the game. I mean, we just, Aspen and I, I think we <laughs> kind of, I just don't think she really thought about it. Cause uh, right. as, 
big a karate kid fan as I was. And I was very much like, it's too much hype. You know, I went through one of those things. Yeah, I do too. I do that all the time. And then finally she was like, well, let's watch it. Everybody's watching it. And then we have a friend who, who makes an appearance on season three. Uh huh. She was like, well, we need to see Kara. Kara. Yeah. And, and we watched all three seasons in two days. Right. Like, from episode, the first five minutes of that show. Yeah. I, I remember like, you texted me and you're like, yeah, I was like, I've wasted so much time not watching this. Yeah. I te- you texted me and you're like, I'm about to start. And I was like, I'm so jealous. I wish, <laughs> I wish I was where you are right now. Oh, and I think it's because I was already on the new season yeah. and there's, there was stuff that was happening where I was like, Oh my God. Right. And, and yeah. I texted you about it and you were like, Oh, I'm starting. And I was like, okay, tell me what you think. And then you were like, no, no, I'm starting from the very beginning. Very and I was like, Oh my fuck. And then we just spent essentially asking, I spent two entire days just, just watching whatever 24 or 30 episodes of it. Um, for those of you, I mean, we're going to spoil Cobra Kai just so you know, sorry, y'all. For those of you who don't know, uh, <laughs> mm. Cobra Kai um, picks up with uh, Danny LaRusso and Johnny Lawrence. The the Danny being the hero and Johnny, at least for almost the entire part of Karate Kid, being being the villain. Right. Um, and they are now both middle aged men. And we get, at least when we start, a, a complete flip. Right. And, and we are introduced to Johnny as the, the protagonist of this show. Right. Um, they end up both sort of splitting time and things, but really Johnny is our, our way through. Right. It really is. And it's we, the, the, one of the brilliant things about it is how, you know, because now we're on the other side. I mean, we were the kids when Karate Kids, we were the kids watching. And just just so everybody is is clear, like the Karate Kid is not, um, now it is, everybody thinks of it as like, oh, it's one of those 80s teen movies or whatever. And I guess it can fall into that category. But the Karate Kid had all of the people who were behind Rocky on it. I mean, and I, I think uh, that's, to me, Rocky is always the, the reference point. Right. And it, it is uh, the under, it is the under, it is yeah. classic underdog story. And I mean, to the point that, that it's an Italian kid. Right. Yeah, know? exactly. Uh, he's like, he's younger, obviously. Than, mm-hmm. than Rocky. But I mean, yeah, it, it is, it is the classic underdog told through sports. Right. Um, story. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, it is, it is saying, I mean, it's, it's brilliant because you go back and you look at it and you go like, oh, this is, this is way more than just, we'll get off of Karate Kid, but like, this is way more than just a kid who's starting at a new school or whatever. This is the poor, not white kid attending, moving all across the country, complete fish out of fish out of water, Going to an affluent white school in California, uh, in California, and dealing with all of that, who the, who then the 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 peripheral characters who who then become central characters like Mr. Miyagi, and and John Kreese, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
it also says a lot about them as far as class and race mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and I, I, okay. The, oh my gosh. We're getting ahead of ourselves <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So Cobra Kai picks up with them older. Yeah. However, I mean, it's, um, however many, you know, 40 or 30 something years, 37 years. Right. Later. So for those of you who don't know, which is crazy again, the at the end of Karate Kid, Ralph Macchio wins the All Valley mm-hmm. tournament, which beating. is un, beating Johnny Lawrence. I yeah. mean, Daniel LaRusso beats Johnny right. Lawrence uh, in the All Valley, um, and Johnny Lawrence is like the champion, and yeah. he goes to Cobra Kai uh, Karate School, mm-hmm. right? And Daniel has learned his karate from Mr. Miyagi played by the great Pat Morita. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, who, he has not gone to like a traditional dojo. Right. Mr. It, Miyagi has just decided to teach him. And, and you have in those two things, and this is important in Cobra Kai, wildly, hugely important. You have two contradictory philosophies. Right. Um, Miyagi's belief is far more traditional, right? He's from Okinawa. Um, karate is for self-defense. Karate is for meditation. Karate is about balance, about power, it, finding your own power, coming to terms with nature, all of those things. Harmony, yeah. yeah. Cobra Kai's message is no mercy. Right. Um, karate is violent. You use it to dominate and punish your opponent, right? Right. Right. And we when we start Cobra Kai 37 years later, we kind of see that Johnny losing in that tournament, or at least it's implied, um, kind of sent him down uh, uh, not a great path. Right. No, it's like this horrible, you know, it it, it says a lot about toxic masculinity in this yes. country. You know, about how these ideas and how we teach our young men that it's like no fear, no mercy, attack, be mm-hmm. better. You know, it it it's no good. Right. <laughs> you know, we, we meet we meet Johnny and Johnny has been through a failed marriage, which is not in and of itself a terrible thing, but their relationship was awful. He doesn't have a good relationship with his son. Yeah, barely um, any barely any relationship with his son. Uh, he's an alcoholic. He's an alcoholic. Uh, he has, and you know, you learn, you meet his stepfather, which is really interesting because I read an article about, about Will, how William Zabka approached Johnny Lawrence back in the day. That is kind of like no one ever talks about. Oh, wow. And, yeah. How that fed into his arc. In, in Cobra to, Kai. Yeah. In Cobra Kai. Um, so William Zabka talks about when he was playing Johnny Lawrence back. In, and and we, we, we know that for Daniel LaRusso, his dad is not in his life. We don't know why. Right. But he's also a kid that he's also a, he's a kid that doesn't have a a positive male influence in yeah. his life. Yeah. We, they talk about a Cobra Kai that his father actually died. Right. Um, and Johnny Lawrence. uh Billy Zabka says that the backstory he created for himself was that his father had also died, that his his 
uh, origin or like his the way he was brought up was not unlike the way Daniel was brought up, except that his mother married this like super, super, super rich, rich guy, asshole guy. Right. That yeah. then taught him or 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 was mean to him, right? Yeah. Abused him in a certain way. And so they're not unlike each other in the in in their origin, except that one went one way and one went the other. Right. And now we have we have sort of flipped at least in as far as sorry about that. <laughs> Roxy's fired up. Roxy's at least fired up. Sort of like financial standing. Mm-hmm. Now when we meet um Johnny he lives close by to where Daniel grew up. Right, in Reseda. In Reseda. Daniel has now become an incredibly successful owner of a car, of a car. Lu- luxury car dealership. Luxury car dealership. And it's, it's like on billboards everywhere. Um, <laughs> he's clearly wealthy, right? I mean, he, yeah. has, he has a, seems to have. Um, has a beautiful smart wife who Why, he yeah. owns a, who owns he owns a business with right they he have a, two a children super smart daughter who's mm-hmm. who's really popular right which again is is the opposite of how daniel was when he when he came to school mm-hmm. um and they have sort of at least in that regard flipped um spot you know roles right and so okay Okay. So like, I just have to say the, okay. So the, in the first episode, and I'm going to, I'm going to be honest, like it's, it's been a little bit. And by a little bit, I mean about a month or maybe a hundred years. I don't know since I've, since I've watched it, I was going to watch it again for, for, for today, but I didn't get to the very first episode. We meet Johnny first, right? Oh yeah. And he's, he's driving around and then he sees the billboard and it's got Daniel LaRusso on it. And Daniel is for sure still, um, profiting or whatever from that all Valley championship, because (laughs) like the billboards are stupid things like knock out the competition Competition. (laughs) and it's him doing a karate chop. And it's like, Oh God, whatever. It's like every cheesy car salesman in the world. Right. And things happen that bring Johnny into the car dealership. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, fuck. Like he yeah. gets into an accident. The car has to get taken there. He's like, I don't, he hasn't seen Daniel in years. In years. And he's in like, years. In decades. I, right. I don't want to have to see him. And the first time we see Johnny and Daniel back together, Daniel's kind of a dick. Totally. Totally. And I, I thought it was... So, I mean, one of my favorite things about this show, there are a lot of things, I, I mean, I love a lot about it, but one of my favorite things is that, they is that, exactly, when you meet Daniel, he is kind of a dick. When Johnny tells the story of their youth, it's very different. Totally different, um, totally different. But it's so smart because I went back and watched the movie recently, mm-hmm. um, having watched Cobra Kai, and oh my god, I, it's like Johnny Lawrence has all the Gen X ladies like dropping their pants right now because uh that looks yes, good, man. He looks real good. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, look at that. Like he does have a point. Mm-hmm. Like there are lots of places in the movie where I'm like, Daniel didn't have to do that. Right. And and it's it sort of I think one of the, the things it does at the beginning is it sets up this like 
this idea of if we're all the hero in our own story, right? Um, then to him, Daniel is the villain. Right. Not only did he do that, he stole his girl and all that. Um, also, this stupid fight kind of has haunted Johnny for, for almost 40 years. And Daniel is, like you said, has profited off of it. Right. And it's like the fight could have ended lots of places, quite frankly. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and it it doesn't because Daniel wants to impress Ali, Ali uh-huh. with an eye. You know, like for me in particular, the scene at the Halloween dance, Daniel didn't have to go into the bathroom. No. And, and put the water hose over the bathroom right. stall and or whatever. The way, jo- the way Johnny explains it in Cobra Kai, like he's just hanging out and all of a sudden this happens. Right. Um, so I love that. And then, and then I did, but I did when I started, I was like, Oh man, I don't want to, I don't know if I can handle a series of Daniel LaRusso being a complete asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, he's the hero. He's Daniel LaRusso. Karate yeah. kid from my youth. And they do a great job very quickly of showing both of these grown ass men having moments of being complete dicks and having moments of true heroism. Right. And so of course they both are heroes. They both are villains. They're both flawed and they're both trying to find redemption in some way. And they're both clearly having mid midlife crises. Right. Because even Daniel realizes in his like celebrity and in his like mega luxury car world, Mm-hmm. that he has kind of gotten away from those basic principles that Mr. Miyagi taught, taught him. him and yeah. that he, he misses him, like that his world has become about competition. His yeah. world has become about success and money. And how do we do this? And how do we do that? Mm-hmm. And he's he has forgotten, you know, all of the things, the lessons that he learned that got him to where he is. And it's like, it took me a little bit, I'm so ashamed, but it took me a little bit to make the connection between, oh, well, yeah, of course he, of course he has a car dealership because Mr. Miyagi introduced him to classic cars. And that's where he found like his love of cars. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, they're so smart. The writing is so smart. Yeah. So I saw, um, and uh, oh, and on top of that, so Daniel and we're, we're following Johnny and Daniel. But then, of course, there is this entire new generation. Um, Johnny meets a kid who lives next door, right, or in the apartment mm-hmm. next door. Yeah, in the apartment next door. Same thing as Mr. Miyagi. It's, yeah, and um, this kid is getting bullied and beat up at school, and and Johnny starts to train him, mm-hmm. and then because he's struggling financially and all this, he reopens Cobra Kai. Right. It's really, but it's really great because like, he doesn't want to teach the kid. Like he hates the kid kid, because like to the kid, Miguel, you know, was a Hispanic kid, you know, a Latin kid, you know, living in Reseda and, and Johnny has a, I mean, he has a little bit of that, like, toxic white guy thing <gasps> going. Um, so they kind of don't like each other, but he see he witnesses something happening to the kid. Yeah. Uh, to Miguel. And then his better self, honestly, kicks in. Yeah. Right. And, and, and defends him. Yes. And 
That's how they meet. And then he ends up training Miguel, who's his only student, <laughs> for a while, and then reopens Cobra Kai. And it's not exactly like when you go back and watch Karate Kid, Mr. Miyagi is so, I mean, he's funny and has a sense of humor and is kind of like, you know, wry sometimes, but like he's, he's kind and he's gentle and, and, and takes care of the bonsai trees and all that stuff. Right. <clears throat> and Johnny is uh, because he's Gen X. I like to say, because he's yeah. a Gen X man, <clears throat> he's slightly toxic in the way he teaches yeah. the yeah. kid. I love it. And he was also taught, you know, he he only knows one way. He only knows one way. And I mean, you know, the the, the end of Karate Kid and then it goes into the beginning of Karate Kid 2, <clears throat> which they flash back to a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Johnny actually has a moment of redemption at the end of Karate Kid. He hands Daniel the trophy. He tells him congratulations. Um, one of the other kids apologizes when he hurts him. And then at the beginning of Karate Kid 2, Johnny gets the shit kicked out of him and almost almost badly, badly hurt or killed by his sensei, John Kreese. Yeah. And Miyagi saves him. Yeah. Um, so the last time we see Johnny, like he's not completely terrible, um, but this is what he was taught. And yeah, he for him, karate is about winning you know we win at all costs and the journey becomes figuring out how how to look beyond the, the concept of no mercy right how mm -hmm. how do you find you still train hard you fight to win but how do you find honor how do you find mercy and that's kind of johnny's journey yeah um and and i like i think they do a really good job of him definitely being like he is stuck in the eighties in a lot of ways. I love it. And definitely being very Gen X. Um, but learning things from the kid, like dude, right. of course girls can do karate. What the fuck are you talking about? Right. And like, like a, a different world for him. And like he does learn, but at the same time, the kids also, Sometimes he's like, shut the fuck up. Like, don't get right. bogged down in this bullshit right. and shut the fuck up and let's learn something. And so there is a nice push pull. Right. Um, and then, yeah. yeah. And the kids learn. It's like, oh, yeah, maybe I should learn from this older person. Yeah. Maybe he Ooh. has something to offer. Uh, right. And then you have the return of John Kreese, you know, because. Johnny is sort of struggling like Cobra Kai, but he wants it to be better this time. He, he does. He wants to be different than the man who taught him. And then that man returns. And this, you know, Kreese becomes the, de the definitive boomer. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he fought in Vietnam. And at right. the same time, he's got, he's very much like, you know, political correctness is killing us. All of these children are pussies. All of those things. We have to make them tough all of the horrible kind of shit. And then at the same time, you're like, oh, this dude fucking went through some shit in Vietnam and now right. cares about him. Yeah, this is like, and this is what's brilliant about the movie. It's, I mean, about the series is that they give us all of those things. Like he is toxic. Like uh -huh. his ideas are absolutely dangerous and outdated, right? Mm -hmm. But here we have a man and it, we what we know about the Vietnam War, right? Mm -hmm. Is that this was 
a, a, a war, a police action or right. whatever they right. want to call it, where the poorest kids in America were sent to. Right. Mm -hmm. If you couldn't go to college, if you didn't have somebody that could get you an exemption or whatever. Yeah. If you had no if you were if you were a poor kid, if you had run into trouble with the law. Right. You were going to go to Vietnam because you were fodder. Right. Yeah. So this this is the thing that what we learn, what we can extrapolate from this. Right. About John Kreese is that, oh, he must have been a young man who had a very troubled in one way or another, had a troubled childhood, mm -hmm. a child, a, a troubled teenagehood, so that he is also a victim of something much bigger that was happening in our country at yeah. that time, you know, and <clears throat> he probably didn't have a father figure. He didn't have a lot of money. This is where he was sent, right, right to learn how to be a man. Yeah. And then we see now because he's very old. I mean, he's in his 70s, obviously, yeah. fought in Vietnam, that as an old man, he has been discarded. Mm -hmm. You know, he did. I mean, and this is- In a big way. Like, it doesn't get super, I don't want to act like this show is, it obviously hits on serious points. It's also really fun. And there's a ton of fucking karate and it's super funny. Right. Uh, but we do get this, this look at like, oh yeah, this is what we do to our veterans. Right. Like, it's like, I just love the way it, 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 we learn a little bit about each generation. Yeah, this saw, is what, yeah. I saw an interview and, and it's great because, you know, Miyagi was the generation before he was a world war two vet, you know? Uh -huh. um, I saw an interview. So I saw an interview with uh, LaRusso uh, with uh, Ralph Macchio, Billy Zabka, the kids, and then the glorious Elizabeth Shue made an appearance, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> But Zabka and LaRusso, LaRusso, Zabka and Machio were talking about the one thing that really drew them to this, among other things, was that the guys who write it, he, they both said, like, these two dudes treat the Karate Kid like it's fucking Star Wars. And that is their, like, they view it on that level. Mm -hmm. like, it's that much about good and evil and then finding the gray area. And so I think that's why in Cobra Kai we get so much of these little like backstories of these. Right. There's this grand arc at work. Right. Um, and I love it. And the kids are great. Um, so I was, I had a question for you. I know we're just sort of jumping around. Um, sometimes you, a lot of times you and I get pissed when they bring stuff back, when they remake stuff or reboot stuff. Like this is a lot of what bothers us about a lot of horror movies, right? Mm -hmm. like, like Blumhouse or Bloomhouse is just like, we'll buy all the properties and, and fuck right. them. Why do you think this works where some of that other stuff that treads on Gen X nostalgia um, falls apart? What is it about this that you think? Man, that, that is such <laughs> a good question. And I'm going to turn it right back on you after I say okay. what I say. But I think it... I think it does. Okay, so for example, the craft, right? The the mm -hmm. the reboot of the craft, um, right. where it goes so far in one direction and doesn't even acknowledge the source material. Right. You know, it 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 really doesn't. Like the only in the only way in which it acknowledges the true source material is that we get to see Feruza Balk for like three seconds at the very very end of the movie. Sorry, I spoiled it. Don't watch it. It's terrible. I, yeah. um, 
but it it wants to go so far in the opposite direction of of what might have been um, offensive or triggering or not PC about the first one, right? And there are a lot of things that happen in the original craft that you 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 know, like the whole Christine Tyler arc where she's just a fucking racist straight and, up and they just take it up they they address it head on and they're not afraid of making that character what she is right right and and getting what she deserves yeah. at the end um however however unappetizing or unappealing those subjects might be to face or to listen to the the new craft goes so far in the opposite direction where everything is wonderful and everything is good and that right. doesn't exist anymore right. um and i think i guess because the the people who are writing the karate or, or cobra kai revere the first movies the first few movies um they know that they can't you can't go forward without that source material, right? right? And and they fully address and they fully take the source material head on and they address it with humor. Yeah. Right? And uh, does does that make sense? Perfect sense. I like, I, mean, why I, do, I think Do you agree is there is there more? Do you I think totally there's more agree. to that? I think it celebrates the thing that it is and then at times like you said with humor undercuts it right right like we have the you think oh he's gonna do the miyagi thing to heal this kid's leg and he's like yeah we gotta get a medic (laughs) right Right. or all the times when it's like when johnny is just so stuck in the past right and it's he is still riding around playing like white snake and poison Uh and and it's so ridiculous like you are you are so ridiculous you know, that you don't even realize it. Right. You know, and this is part of the reason that you can't get past the thing that you're trying to get past. Yeah, that you're like, still acting you're, like you're, you're still, still that it's 1984 like, or five. Right. Or and, Things yeah. have changed. Like one of my favorite parts is when he finally gets on board and gets a laptop and Miguel convinces him to get on Facebook and oh he's, my trying, God. he's trying to make his profile. Yes. And he's it's all those like early pictures of Billy Zafka, yes. like, which were probably like all in teen beat or seven like shirtless. Or, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Oh man, you should, you should say that you should put that on my, you should hash Brown it, hash Brown that shit. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it, it's not afraid of taking that old stuff, right. Or our generation and completely lampooning it. Yeah. You know? And, the, but then at the same time, making those characters real people who are struggling with stuff from their past. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, I think it also does a good job of, uh, you know, I texted you, you this cause, cause you start to see um, images of Elizabeth Shue early on um, Allie, uh, you know, so every, every audience member, um, I would think uh, is is waiting for her to oh, yeah. show up. I mean, she is the third piece of of the Karate Kid, right? Yeah. And in your mind, rationally, you're like, also Liz Shu doesn't have to do shit if she no. doesn't want. She's Elizabeth fucking Shu, right? But you want her to come back, and you get the sense early on she is. She's clearly allowing them to use images of her, right? Right. But the such the lazy thing would have been, the easy lazy thing would have been that Daniel's wife 
is some sort of harpy that mm -hmm. we all root against and we long for him to get back with Elizabeth Shue. That is undercut immediately. Uh -huh. His wife is super fucking cool. Um, and they have a really good relationship. You know, they bicker and all that and they fight. Yeah, and she doesn't let him get away with shit. She doesn't let him get away with shit. And at some point she's like, you have a karate rivalry? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Grow up. You're an adult male with two children. Get your shit together. But they clearly love each other. She's really cool. She's super smart. She's very attractive because she's on television. All of those things. And so immediately, Elizabeth Shue, it's about Johnny getting to see her again. Right. Right. But and he, and, it, and it, it's complicated by the fact that Johnny, early on in the series, he starts to make a relationship. He, he, he's attracted to Miguel's mom. Yeah, because he's a human man. Because he's a human man. <laughs> and she's this incredible looking Good woman. Lord. Yeah, she's very hot. Uh, and so he dates her like once or twice, but then Miguel gets beat up and she's like, you will never, you can't yeah, you my fucked side. up. You yeah. fucked up. But that's where I love Miguel's grandma. Dude. Because Miguel's grandma knows what's up. And that's also a generational thing. Yeah. You know, the grandma recognizes, no, no, he needs someone in his life. Yeah. Right. Um, anyway, that's neither, we're talking about Elizabeth Stu. So yeah, it becomes about, about Johnny having to resolve. Yes. And I, and, and I, and, and I think it does such a good, so that's his journey on so many fronts. He's got to resolve the feelings about Elizabeth Shue. He's got to resolve the fact that Daniel beat him. He's got to resolve the fact that his mentor, John Kreese was a terrible fucking person to him. Right. It was abusive. Mm -hmm. He has to be different. He has to resolve these things so he can get out of 1984, essentially. Right. Uh, the year, not the novel. And on the <laughs> other hand, like you brought up, Daniel also has a very clear journey that he has to, he actually has to go back. He right. has to remember the things he was taught. Um, right. Because he's moved too far away from it. And the, this is a huge spoiler. We're already spoiling. The trip where he returns to Okinawa. Oh, my God. Is, I thought, was so beautifully done. And, and, and smart. Smart. And I know it's so easy to say things like, oh, fan service. Okay, yes, they bring back Elizabeth Shue. They bring back... Um, the woman who plays uh, uh, Kamika. Yeah, the woman who plays Kamika in part two. Um, the little girl, which was incredible. Oh. The guy who almost killed him. Uh huh. And you're like, oh, fan service. Yeah, but it's like they... Every time someone comes back, yes, the nostalgia flows and you probably cry. I know I did. I did. But it is integral to the journey of the two main characters. Right. Him, Absolutely. Him going back to Okinawa and the things she tells him and shows him and then the things his old enemy teaches him are absolutely integral to his journey Right. And then also integral to the plot. He's right. going to lose his company and somehow this helps him save it. Right. Because because of the same, you know, what the, the last one of the last messages that Miyagi has for him, like, you know, posthumously. Right. And mm -hmm. that that Kamiko reminds him of is you put good in the world 
yeah. and good comes back comes to back. you. I wasn't expecting to see the little girl that he saved. Fuck no. <laughs> I, w- I was not expecting to see no. that at all. And like, also the easy thing would have been like, oh, he goes, you know, and it's not this kind of show, so don't expect it. He comes back, he sees Kamiko suddenly like, oh, there's a romantic thing again. No, no, no. No. They are friends and they see each other. And there's like a bit of like, you know, like when you see an old boyfriend or an old girlfriend sure. from high school and you're like, oh, I remember those feelings. There's that. But it's there's never a question of whether anything is going to be re-sparked. It is just kind of like a revisitation of that time. And you think just just when you think they've shown you everything they're going to show you and there's no hope. Right. They've planted the seed so well. Kamiko brings in this woman and he says, remember so and so. She's a little girl you saved in the tsunami. And he's like, oh, my God, how are you doing? What are you doing with your life? And she's like, I work for that car company. Yeah. And it's and, again, and it's full circle okay. all the way from Karate Kid Part the, Two, yeah. which seems amazing. They, yeah. The good he put in the world 35 years ago is, is coming, coming back. back to him. Um, and it, it, it makes me verklempt. Like, I yeah, seriously I get like. I wept wow. during that episode. Wept. Yeah. It's incredible. And, and, and then also the easy part would have been because when. Elizabeth Shue, am I ruining something for you? We're gonna, were you going to say something? No, no, I think when, we're probably going along the same lines. Yeah, when Allie comes back, right? Oh, it's glorious. Dude. It's so, it's glorious. I mean, it's glorious. Uh, I don't need to, like, she is one of, one of my earliest crushes. I know. And the thing is, is that right before Allie comes back, Miguel, Carmen, and mm-hmm. Johnny get back together. Yeah. And finally sleep together. And finally have sex. Yeah. And which is something that we've all been hoping is going to happen for like the whole show. The pilot. Yeah, (laughs) since day one and he meets the woman. Um, And then Allie immediately comes back. And the easy thing, and I know they're doing it. I mean, they did it on purpose. I'm sitting there going like, no, but Carmen, but Carmen, right? And just the way they handled the whole kind of like, they almost, it almost happens and then they both kind of go we can't live in 1984 anymore yeah and that that's that yes exactly like um it's not helpful for him to to rekindle something it's helpful to come to terms with the fact that he was kind of a dick to her right um and it's helpful for them for her because and they also do a very good job about I don't know. I don't want to get too much into this, but the idea of, of, of these adult women, Daniel's wife, Kamiko and Allie, um, pointing out like, Hey man, <laughs> y- you got to move on brother. <laughs> like, right. Like, right. And yeah. also, but, and Allie is so generous about it yeah. too. She's I like, I mean, cause at, we're always yeah. friends. I'll always be there for you. We're yeah. always going to be friends. And Allie's dealing with some of her own shit. Too. Yeah, she's going through a divorce and all that, too. Right. And she's like, listen, we're always going to be friends. We're always going to be friends. And just so you know, just so you know, person who is hanging your entire life on this one moment when we were teenagers. Yeah. I have never thought badly of you. Yes. And I mean, she has, it's such a simple line and she just goes, we were so young. Yeah. And I'm not going to say you can just write off everything from when you're a kid, but 
their their relationship it's not he didn't beat her like he, he was just a shitty kid they were teenagers. They, they had a shitty teenager breakup. I mean, we they were all, teenagers. We yes. all have shitty teenager and breakups. It's not the end of the world. It's and not the end of the world. Have- and, and, and like you said, she thinks she thinks back of, of, of nothing but fondness, you know? And when yeah. she sees Daniel, it's lovely as well. Yeah. And again, the same with Kumiko. There's no question. This is like, I mean, the first thing his wife says is, oh my God, tell me what he was like in high school. She's not right. like, Jealous of some fucking girlfriend. So you're Allie or like yes, whatever, yeah. 37 fucking years ago, you know, um, because she's a grown ass human woman. Um, and she's like, oh, my God, I want to hear like what an idiot my husband was in high school. <laughs> right. In high school. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's 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 so great. I, and I, I love the way. Yeah. The way it addresses that whole thing of like we were so young. Yeah. You know, and you you we, we you can't let these moments when you're 15, 16, 17 define you for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like you're not, we're not the same people. No. And you even know? though and I, like, be- I was going to say, even no, go though ahead. you're almost what they have to be playing in their late forties now yeah. or early fifties. Yeah. yeah. They're in their early fifties. I mean, okay. me and Billy Zapka are the same age. Yeah. So he's and, and you are my both, boyfriend. Uh, you are both actually several years younger than Ralph Macchio. Yeah. Who does not age like a normal human being. Nope. Um, that dude's almost 60. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's even like this idea, like it, even though, yes, you might be in your early fifties or whatever, dude, it's not, it is not too late to still become a better person. Right. You know, you don't have to resign yourself to being this thing. Right. Um, and, and, and we're talking a lot about the adults because we're adult grown yeah. people in the show. But the kids are so great. They are. And, and, and this, this is part of why it works. This is part of why it works is because the way they write the grown ass people. Right. Mm-hmm. Is like really addresses shit that we are trying to deal with as as our generation, right? And it's kind of like this meta thing that addresses class and race and all this kind of stuff that is happening in our country right now. And the kids' story really addresses beautifully how how differently we can approach stories like this with girls. You know, one of the things I love is that Tori is the Johnny Lawrence. Yes. Of, of, of this generation. Of this generation. That it's a, yeah. Yeah. That even though Miguel is like, we start out with Miguel as the, as the, you know, main kid that the rivalry really becomes about Tori and what's her name? The, Dan- the, Daniel's daughter. Dan- Daniel's daughter. Yeah. You know, um, absolutely. And, that, and that girls, and it's true, man, I have lived it. Girls experience this type of violent rivalry mm-hmm. as well. It's not just young men. Yeah. And I, it's, it's, I thought again, you know, not being that age, but, you know, I teach kids not far from that, not just a little older, you know, college freshmen or sophomores, um, the things that they have overcome a lot of the shit that, that was, uh, that we hadn't, um, the idea that yes, of course, girls can do karate. They don't have issues with race or sexuality or gender or things like that, that were huge when we were young. They're also not perfect. Right. They're, I mean, they're highly flawed kids. They're highly flawed kids. They're, they're, they're bullies. They get into God, something I just still can't imagine how quickly 
someone can be publicly shamed mm-hmm. um, because uh, everything is is online on our phones now. Yeah, and, and that that the, they make these mistakes at parties, and everyone fucking knows about it. Everyone mm-hmm. in the entire school, um, and so they deal with some of that like modern shit that the young people are going through. Right, um, and I think those things are split really well, and I do like that the the main rivalry. Um, I mean, I think you have Miguel and Johnny's son, but it's really, it's going to come down to Tori and Dan, Daniel's daughter. Right. Um, and those, both of those women are, are, uh, are badass fighters. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think in real life, they're both in their twenties, but of course, cause they're the, playing teenagers. Yeah, I do. love how all the kids, all the kids have their, their counterpart. Yes. You know, where they all have kind of all the kids that kind of started out as friends and yeah. then somewhere along the way it went, it they went south. It went south. Yeah. And, and so then you I know, you know when a brawl starts, who's gonna fight who? Right. And I also love that the Dimitri kid who's like the biggest nerd and did not want to do karate and was like the whiner complainer. Yeah. Becomes the secret boyfriend of the mean girl. Yes. Cool. Also, and I love this, and this is what I love about television. And I brought it up to related to a different show that I was watching. That child in real life, because he's actually a kid. He's not in his Uh twenties. He grew. I don't know. Right. Is between two seasons. Between seasons. (laughs) You're just like, oh shit. Okay. (laughs) Right. So one of my favorite, one of my favorite reviews, like somewhat of a joke review about someone from someone on Twitter that I follow that loves Cobra Kai was, uh, damn, every time I think a situation can't be solved with karate, this show proves me wrong. <laughs> it's true. It can, all situations can be solved with karate. I, I was like, that is so... Oh, that's so perfect. (laughs) So, okay. So now I have a question for you and it's something that I, you know, when I started watching it and um, I would hear other people say, and I would get really upset at at, at this because I feel like people don't know the difference was um, I would hear people go, it's so bad. It's funny. And it was mostly the youngs. I'm I'm just going to say it. It was mostly, it's so bad. It's kind of good. Like, it's so bad. And I'm like, I don't think you know the difference between what is bad and and high camp. No, you like, no, I, obviously you, not. Like, you don't you don't know the difference between and I don't even know if you can call it high camp or, or parody or satire I think at or times, whatever. It, yes, at times you could. It definitely strays into to both of those things. But I'm like, why don't you know the difference between that? Like, why? Yeah. Why don't like if you knew if if you bothered to watch any movies that were made before 2012? Yes, you would you would know what this show was referencing and why it works and why it's good instead of just saying that it's bad. And what it's what it yes, what it's poking fun at, what it's undercutting, what it's winking at. Right. Um, I you know, I know this is something we, we bring up a lot. I watched, um, not to go totally off topic, but I watched the first two episodes of WandaVision on mm-hmm. um, Disney. And mm-hmm. WandaVision is, is, takes two characters from the Marvel universe, right? Um, I won't go down that whole Marvel path. But the first two episodes of WandaVision 
act brilliantly, brilliantly mimic and parody um, Bewitched and the Dick Van Dyke Show and some other golden age sitcoms. But specifically, those two really stand out. And I, I, all I could think about was I'm watching this on Disney+. Plus. These are two Marvel characters. 80% of their audience is going to have no fucking idea right. what's being referenced because no one bothers to watch anything old anymore. And, and it's not like Bewitched came out when I was a kid. It's right. not like Dick Van Dyke was popular when I was a kid. Right. Um, that's my parents' era. Yeah. We watched those things as reruns. Yes, exactly. And it's so well done and so well executed. And all I could think about, and this, this is bringing back to what you just said, the people making WandaVision and the people making Cobra Kai know exactly what they're, when and what they're parody, parodying when they do it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't bother, I, I don't know, man, like you're just going to miss out. Like, yeah. Uh, and, and, and not again, and like, and I'm not saying you have to, I'm not saying you have to like it. Like I'm not saying oh, you have no. to watch Cobra Kai and love it as much as I do. And I love it with every single fiber of my being, sure. you know, you don't have to like it, but you, you don't seem to know the difference between parody and what's, bad yeah it's not the show's fault that you don't know what it's doing because the show knows what it's doing exactly um, oh that's a good way to put it you know and and that i i again um sorry i'm getting a message yeah I, like you said i you, you can like it or not i don't give a shit but but to come at something and not i don't know it, just to, to not understand what's what's happening you know right like when you know like when they take the karate stuff far right like oh my god or like when you know johnny and daniel are like all about karate those are the moments that people are going oh it's so bad it's so corny i'm like it's not like do you not understand what's happening yeah and i mean they're generally pretty good too about some, some moments of having his wife come in and just be like what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, what, what is happening? And they even reference like, why is karate so popular in the Valley? <laughs> it's right. like, like, cause that's what we were told in karate. But, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that like someone, someone even says that in the show. In the show it's like, yeah. were all the problems solved with karate, with karate back yeah. in the eighties or something? It's, it's, I mean, I, it just, it, yeah, it knows what it's doing. Um, I think they're all of them are like fully committed. I mean, dude, it it hits all the things. It even has the episode where the, the sort of weird thing that that you reach an age um, and you know friends start to die uh, right. too young, but not from an accident, right? And like they hit that. Yeah, that I mean, was really moving. That absolutely. was really, really, and, really and, moving. You know, I was like, I kind of, I mean, it it seems so ridiculous because it's Cobra Kai, but it's like, that's the situation I went through not long ago. Right. And, and, you know, when you're 19, I hope you never think about that. Right. Right. But when you start to get into your thirties and forties and then into your fifties, like this is, this is a fucking thing. Yeah. And and I think they just do a great job of, of going back and forth between Mm -hmm. style 
and story. And, and I, I just think, I don't know. I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah. There, I mean, the, 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 the episode where he goes back to Okinawa was just so beautiful to me. And I mean, even before that, there, there are moments where Daniel's like going through a thing and having to face his relationship with his daughter and, and, and all that kind of stuff and kind of trying to get back in touch with, with, who he was as a young man and he's walking on the beach and he sees a fisherman on the beach and he gets a flash and he, for two seconds, he thinks it's Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. You know, and he approaches him and it's just like this, this old Mexican fisherman, yeah. you know, just fishing on the beach. And he says something to Daniel that brings him full circle that has nothing to do with anything, but brings him full circle back to a thing that Mr. Miyagi said to him. Yeah. And, and they do that so brilliantly. It's not corny or contract. It's just like the little girl who he saved in the tsunami. Like it's not, that was not contrived. That was not corny. That was not, it really was like, I didn't see it coming. Yeah. No, me neither. Me neither. And I, th I think also uh, a testament to them because I think a lot of people are so engrossed, people even our age, the first one is so iconic. Mm -hmm. The second one, not quite as much. Um, and then I the fucking love the second one. I do I just, too, I do yeah. too. And then the third one, even less, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They reference the fucking third one. Right, and I'm they just do. Like, Damn, y'all are serious about this shit. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just, I recently watched the second one again. It's great. It's great. It's yeah. like, it's a good sequel. I mean, it, it follows the formula of the first one. Yeah. And, but on but a larger scale. On a larger scale in an exotic locale. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's fine. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sequel that works. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, shit. I mean, I feel like we told the people. We did. We told it, the people you have to go watch Cobra Kai. Yeah. It, it's so good. You don't, I mean, yeah. Go it's, watch Cobra Kai. Also, it's so easy to watch. There's there's short episodes. It's just boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. Um, shout out to uh, Kara Reed, who is in season three. Um, Kara used to be an actor in Dallas and now is an actor in Atlanta. So awesome. Yeah, that's where Atlanta's happening. It's happening um, in Atlanta right now, man. Yeah. And she got to be in Cobra Kai. That's kick ass. Yeah. It's super, uh, super, super cool. Um, what else have you been watching? Uh, I, that, I mean, that was a huge part of it. I, um, like I said, started WandaVision. I am going back and I've been revisiting my X-Files again. Oh yeah. Um, I started doing that. It just, uh, just makes me happy. You yeah. Know? I, I went down a, uh, I'm just, I went down a Downton Abbey hole. Oh, I saw like, that. Yeah. We yeah did once that. you, once you start, you can't stop can't watching. Stop. We did yeah. that not, not too long ago. A few months yeah. Ago. But yeah, for a while there, I couldn't, I couldn't like for a while there, I was watching all horror. And then for a little bit there as we, as we got closer to the election and after the election, and then when everything went down earlier this month, I couldn't, like, I really couldn't. I was like, I can't, I have to. And that's when I started Downton Abbey. Yeah. I was like, I have to watch just something wonderful and warm and lovely and that's pretty to look at. Yeah. Um, I, but we, now it's, it's a new dawn. It's I new think dawn. I can, can I can, all the we can watch all the horror again and know that when we, when we go back into the world, it's not going to be horror. 
Yeah. I, um, no, I, I think it's funny. It's just like Downton Abbey was totally that for us as well. It's a great, it's a great escape. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, like you said, it's beautiful costumes. It's well acted to me. Look, I don't know what makes a soap opera and what doesn't, to be honest, but if whether it is or not, it's like the most perfect version of whatever that genre is. It's the best soap opera on television yeah, ever. So well written and so well acted. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, beautiful costumes. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I we'll find we'll figure something out to watch. Now, I do feel like oddly more willing uh, to get back and watch some horror now. Yeah. Um, so we'll yeah, we'll figure it out. But uh, watch Cobra Kai. If you didn't get to see the inauguration, uh, go watch, go watch it. It's all on, on the, on the YouTubes. On the YouTubes. Uh, um, hash brown that shit. Hash brown that shit. Uh, yeah. The swearing in, the swearings in are awesome. Uh, but so are the performances. And like you said, uh, so detailed and, and some really like fucking important messaging was going on. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to go eat some pizza now. All right. Do it. I will uh, talk to you soon. All right. See you later. See you guys. Bye.